your brow today takes everything you got Taking a break from brown girl worries Let's all drink up a shot Wouldn't you like to get away? Grab your phone and download the Budge Up Podcast right away So they keep us entertained You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where butchers put all the blame You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where butchers put all the blame Hey and welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is Episodio 24. Dang, 24, Kat. 24. Season three. I know, season three. Wow. One day we're going to be like Law and Order and have like 50 million different seasons and then there will be replacement us's. It's a thing. (laughs) Really? Someone is going to replace us? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Uh, So we are in Episodio 24. It's been a while. This is our first... um, full-length episodio since our hiatus, and still it's good to be back. I'm excited. I know. It's nice to see you. Even if Even it's, though, yeah, virtual. Yeah. It's virtual. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Someday soon we'll be back together. Well, you're still finishing my sentences. I guess that's a plus. We still have the same brain, yes. I like it. But there is hope for us to be seeing each other soon, and that's part of this episodio. We will be talking about the vaccine. We're also going to be talking about parenting. We have talked about it before, but now we're we're turning the corner and taking a look at other things. And we're also going to talk dogs in this episode. <laughs> dogs. Dogs. <laughs> Yeah. I have. I wish I had like 50 million of them and I could afford all of them. My partner has said no, not yeah. not at all. That's, that's mm-hmm. not happening. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into the pets a little bit later. First, um, I was, when I was thinking about how to intro this, um, I was thinking of Dolly Parton. And when she went to go get her vaccine and she was singing, vaccine. Vaccine, <laughs> vaccine, vaccine. But I really am excited. And I have an appointment after I return home from work. And I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've been, it's officially been a year since we like, okay, shit, we're, we're not going back to the office and schools closed and toilet well, papers surely, were gone from the, uh, the yes. yeah, all of the things. Couldn't get cleaning supplies. And you know, this will all be over after spring break, after Christmas, after nope, still doing this shit. So yeah. And now, you know, vaccines are, are here. They're happening. And it's uh, very interesting. When you when you're mentioning the year mark and where where we started at a year ago, we were so I packed up parts of the office, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can leave some plants here because I'm pretty sure that we'll be back 
in like yeah. six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're succulents. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Well, <laughs> a year later, <laughs> I think they're okay. I actually haven't been back in the office in quite a while. But just where we started from to where we are now, who would have even thought it would have been a year? And mm. even in that time that we would have had not just one, but several vaccines that were mm-hmm. created and, and being dispersed. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I actually did go into the office for the first time since you're not here. I had to go check on it. Right. So I went in, make sure it was still there. And, uh, I, I had that little refrigerator in my office and I was like, <laughs> huh, I wonder, I just wonder. And I opened the door and I, wow, it was a little bit terrifying. I mean, not overly terrifying. There was, you know, like a Tabasco, which that shit right will never, never go goes bad. Yeah, it's fine. And uh, like a sealed, you know, cup of diced fruit or something, which fine, just throw it away. It's expired, but not a big deal. But there was one Tupperware of unrecognizable <laughs> food. <laughs> and that's where our vaccine came from. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes exactly. That is going to be the new... Uh, version that so I just threw everything away it's disgusting so I I don't even remember I remember looking into the fridge but I don't remember seeing anything in there because I think I would have like logically pulled it out but I guess I don't you know I obviously wasn't thorough but um now we're in a space and time where the Biden administration is anticipating that everybody's going to be everybody who wants to be vaccinated not everybody Mm -hmm. And that's in and of itself its own piece, right? Mm-hmm. But those who want to be vaccinated will be by, and I, you know, I don't remember what the the exact time frame was, but um, we're we're rolling it out. And if you look at the New York Times interactive map, New Mexico is actually one of the top lists of uh, states that is doing a a, a a rollout that's reaching the most amount of people. Granted, there are more cattle here than there are humans. But still, that, I mean, just the rollout in, in rural areas, rural counties, um, we even have some frontier areas here in the state. So making sure that we get the vaccine out to those who want it, um, that not, not too shabby for a large state that is bigger than like 15 different Rhode Islands, you know, we're doing okay. I, I do think we need to really take the time to acknowledge that New Mexico is on the top of a good list for once. For once. Because <laughs> we're, all, we're always, uh, yeah, we're always struggling. So it's good. It's great. And you're right. For whatever reasons, um, good planning, the online registration system that got set up very early on, the tiered system, all of those things, for whatever reason, it seems to be going rather well. And it's not just from the news or, you know, the New York Times piece or whatever, I know several folks, my own family included, who are getting the vaccine or who are now fully vaccinated, which is amazing. Many of those folks are, um, you know, nurses, medical providers who are seeing patients every single day. Many of those folks are first responders, EMT folks, police officers, teachers, or folks that work in schools. So lots of that happening Plus, many of my older relatives, 
and um, family members and their friends are also, you know, they're, they're getting called, they're getting appointments, they're getting vaccines. So it's excellent. And so I, I had mentioned that I'm going to have an appointment once I get back home. Are you, how do you feel about it? Is this something that you're going to do, have done? Where are you at I, with that? I am. I Yes, I got it, my first shot uh, a little while ago, and I have, you know, been scheduled for the second shot. So, um, I you know, it's it's an interesting place to be because I, and I appreciate that you're saying for, for people that want to get it, because uh, it is a decision. There's a lot of distrust with, the government and particularly for people of color, for Latinos, for black people, for indigenous people who have been experimented on in the past. It's a question about, is this trustworthy? And it was so fast and we don't have long-term data. And what is this going to look like in 10 years? Um, And for me, it it came down to the people that are very important to me in my family really believe in this. And if I want to be around my my elders in this moment, then that's something that I needed to make the decision to do. And so I feel good about it. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm romanticizing it in any way. I feel good about having the opportunity and um, it's nice to think that this is going to help us get back to some semblance of just being able to be with the people we want to be around, you know? Like hugging people? I don't know even know what that means. Right? Uh, it's been a long, long time since I've really been able to hang out with my mom without a mask. Mm-hmm. And um, even though in, in our family we're, we're trying to stay as safe as possible and I would never want to bring something to my mom, including previous exes that um, that shouldn't <laughs> be around her, <laughs> um, you know, we still wanted to make sure that we were safe and kept ourselves apart and wore the, you know, mask and she wore a double mask, in fact, Mm -hmm. and she's now vaccinated and, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'm romanticizing it a little bit, um, in my head that we'll have at least some semblancy of, or some semblance of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe we shouldn't hang our hats on that and be a little bit more realistic and, the reality is not everybody is going to get vaccinated for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. that that's its own little department of of consternation and and, and conversation. Sure. That, but um, that's the reality that not everybody is. And we'll still have mm-hmm. those individuals within, you mm-hmm. know, whether or not we're related to them, they'll still be in our lives at the grocery store or at exactly. the school with your kids, yep. those kinds of things. And, um, You know, one of the things at least, and I know that I had just mentioned that the New York Times was showing New Mexico is at the top of the list of, 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 of getting the vaccine out, but there were still, you know, complications and who was getting it and who Mm -hmm. skips the line Mm -hmm. to get it. Um, And in some cases it was also um, like my mom, you know, I was on the list and I hadn't been called for a while. Not that I expected to, I know there are people who need it more. But my mom was like, you know, the CVS here in El Paso, you know, you can call and probably do it and they'll still do it through your insurance. And I was like, no, but there are other, like El Paso has a higher population than most of our state. Like maybe they should just do their own thing. I shouldn't skip the line necessarily to, 
to get the the vaccine, but there mm-hmm. are individuals who have, and we've seen the mm-hmm. text messages or or heard from other people where people are skipping the line, even though they they are on a lower tier of being able to get it. Um, so that happens. Mm-hmm. And they're still showing very disproportionate rollout to communities of color, communities who are in higher instances of poverty. I mean, there's still that folks with means have more accessibility to the vaccine, which the virus doesn't discriminate. And, you know, that the vaccine should not either. But if this last year has taught us nothing, it has (laughs) highlighted the inequities that exist and this is just another example um it's it's uh it makes me even more appreciative of the folks i know who have been able to receive the vaccine for sure so i I don't want to put you on the spot but there is a conversation that even among friends there needs to be for do you want to put yourself in a pod of people who one of them may not have had the vaccine. So when the time is right and they open things up, I know Texas has opened up a hundo P right now, but New Mexico isn't. Mm -hmm. But when the time comes that we are, you know, those are serious conversations that I want to have with my partner and our kids about who they hang out with and what, even if they're vaccinated, like what's in play and who they're with because of that one little, even that 1% chance of something happening. And I take it to my mom or, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. And those are still some serious conversations we have to have down the road. Agreed. I, I guess I haven't thought that far ahead because honestly, my circle has like most people has become very, very small. Um, there are only so many people that I choose to be around. Um, and regardless of what happens, I'm really realizing I don't like people a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the pod's gonna, the pod will remain, I think, keeping the pod. Yes. And, um, there are some things that are out of our control, like uh, yours and my family are blended. Absolutely. And the kids go or live in two households and one household, you can have that small tight knit pod. Mm -hmm. And there's another one that you don't have control over. Right. And that's, you know, that therein lies a big flux of like, you can't tell someone else in their own house what to do, but also like their choices can impact you in your life. Mm hmm. And that's a that's a rough road that everybody has to, to to deal with and talk about and and especially if you live cross border El Paso yep. Las Cruces or Arizona New Mexico or you know all of those borders and you know in in our case and in, in my family my mom's side of the family it's El Paso Las Cruces Juarez Juarez mm-hmm. that's very much part of the family that we have that we see that we interact with. And, you know, again, just some conversations. Now, granted, most of my mom's side of the family, they're like, get the vaccine. But there are a few who are refusing. 
And those are certainly conversations that we have to have, because if we want to have a Christmas next year where we're all together, you know, what do you do? Invite Girl, we don't like... even know what's going to happen Monday. You're talking about Christmas. Fair. We, like, have you not learned? We're in Jumanji. We know this. The pterodactyls are going to rebirth in, like, September. We don't even know. Yeah. Oh, thank you for always keeping me grounded. It's much appreciated. <laughs> I just I can't remember let that my time. Brain go there. Yeah, remember that time you can't even go past June. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> too much. Too much. Well, you know what's not too much? Sometimes maybe a little parenting. You know what? Don't talk to me about that this week about parenting. Wait. Because why? Do tell. You, I've I've shared this a little bit, but I, I my child is very curious and smart and awesome, and sometimes atraviesa, <laughs> and I mean she's six, right? So she gets in the bath the other night. <laughs> And it's not like she's a two-year-old where I'm hovering and, you know, are you okay? I'm watching. No, she's six. I check in on her, make sure she's getting the conditioner out of her hair, all that. We're good. Wash all your parts, whatever. I'm in the kitchen and I hear this faint cough. And something wasn't right. Like mom intuition, seriously. I was like, what the hell? I bolt down the hall and I walk in the bathroom and she's got like this foamy stuff coming out of her mouth. I'm like, and a quick scan, what's happening? Well, we had bought these little colloidal oatmeal packets (laughs) for her because she gets these little bumps on her legs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So guess what she did? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ate it. Of course. And then it's disgusting. So mm-hmm. she's gagging and it's foaming out of her mouth. So I'm like mom mode, assess. Okay, pack it. She's spitting it out. She's sitting upright. She's fine. Get the packet. Read the back. It says call poison control if ingested. Awesome. Yell for my husband. He runs in there. I hand him the packet. Call poison control. He's like, what happened? I'm like, call poison control here's the packet figure it out like are you not assessing the same thing i just did <laughs> and he does and he's like okay so then she hears me say poison control and loses her mind freaking out flapping flailing hacking am i gonna be okay am i gonna well you're the dumbass that ate oatmeal. <laughs> i don't know fuck calling poison control i don't know oh my god but it 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 was fine, and the people at Poison Control bless them. I don't know who they are or how you get those jobs, but they're all going to heaven, like straight up. She, lady was so nice and calm and just asking all these good questions. So I was, you know, afterwards, and she goes to bed, and I am, after she's in bed, I'm bawling, like hysterically crying because I'm thinking about, it was just emotional, but I stayed very calm. I talked her through it, all the things. And then I was thinking about 
uh, I'm telling my sister this. Uh, can you imagine if one of us had done that? We wouldn't have had to call poison control because my mom would have like smacked us so hard. All the shit would have come right <laughs> out and there would be no question of if we were going to die unless it was at her hand. Like that was it. But it made me think about the way that I was parented and the way that I'm trying to parent my own kid. Mm -hmm, and we've mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit, but there's this Instagram account, Latinx Parenting, and they are really all about ending chancla culture. And you and I have joked about the chancla a lot on yes. the show. Yes. And they're very much about like, it's not funny. It's abuse. Um, and sometimes when I see their, po it's really, it, it helps me affirm what I want this to look like for me. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just an interesting thought. So have you, have you seen their page? Have you checked out this? It's Instagram. It's on Instagram. So, so yes, I have. And, and just to go back just a quick second is to say that, yes, I giggled at, um, <laughs> the oatmeal oh. eating. <laughs> oh my God. But also when you had texted what happened or when you had messaged what happened, um, it was already past the point and it was in just such a like light air that laughter was the the necessary outcome of that story. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not yeah. laughing at because I know in the moment, holy shit, your face goes pale. You're thinking the worst for your kid. Right. After the fact, you could sit there and be like, damn fool wanted to make oatmeal cookies or what? So, yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But to the parenting point, we have talked about this before. And in, in previous episodes, and if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen. Um, we talked about like Latinx parenting versus white parenting and how incredibly different they are or can be. So when I first looked at the Instagram account of Latinx parenting, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind was like, is this, is this an assimilation parenting thing? And, you know, 100%, I'm going to say that mm. I haven't gone through every single post that they have. Um, I have gone through enough for me to actually sit there and let some of it sink in, in that, you know, my, my brother and I have talked extensively, like hours upon hours about being parents now and really, really trying to lower the anger issues we have and trying to be a different type of parent. Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm looking at this Instagram account, Latinx Parenting, that's kind of what comes to me is, I mean, my first instinct was, are we assimilating into the white parenting thing? But also when I'm reading it and letting it sink in, it does feel like, okay, this can be a different way to raise your kids where while we laugh at the memes and the chancla videos and, you know, um, all of the things it, what, you know, it can be traumatic. And we, we mm -hmm. have personally mm -hmm. talked about some of the things that we have gone through in our childhood, um, and how we have such great instincts to duck at the, at the first sign of like twitches from other people, because we know that things can be thrown tossed, hit, you know, those kinds of things. So this is really um, a stopping point for me to pause and to really reconsider 
Um, and, and I will, I will say that it all, it's also a little bit late for me in the game because our youngest are mm. going to be 17. Mm-hmm. So for you and your six year old, this could be, you know, a game changer for you, or at least like a, um, a leveling up of parenting. I, ya estoy vieja, all our kids are viejos, you know, I think it might be a little bit late, but maybe this will, this will help me be a little bit of a better grandparent, abuelita, once that happens, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It, it really did make me pause and think. It, it does. I mean, there's some things like one, there's a post on here that says, do you ever think about what the world would be like after just one generation of every human child being treated well? Like as a teacher, I think about, I knew what kids were going home to shit. I knew exactly which kids had a really hard home life. Mm-hmm. And I think about in my own memory, I mean, there are, you can think back about memories about this one thing an adult said or did that left a little mark on your heart. Even as an adult, like you can think back on that thing. And I think about what have I done that will be that mark. And I, I don't think it can be escaped. I mean, there's, even if I, you know, the perfect parent, the perception and the emotions of that moment and that child could be completely different than what you intended, but I can do better. You know, I can, um, I can definitely do better. And for me, it, it feels unhealthy. It feels like a loss of control for me to get angry in those ways. And that's where I feel like this is not, helping the situation right um so I don't know that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because and and it's a good point like are we assimilating are we getting into the whole you know there are a ton of jokes about the white parents just being like now let's talk little Jimmy about your bad decisions and all you know never telling them no and all that kind of stuff is that what this is I'm pausing because I don't know the answer but I, I I'll fall back on it does make me stop and think about the type of parent that I have been. And uh, if I had to do it all over again, what kind of parent would I be? Um, Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I really do. Not just does it make me pause about the trauma that that I have experienced, you have experienced others and what we might be leaving for our kids um, under under the cultura, right under that umbrella of the cultura we were raised in, how we raise our kids, what is acceptable in terms of parenting and physical, like the use of an algada. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know quite where I land on it just yet. And part of that is because um, I, I don't, I haven't gotten to the point where I don't think an algada is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And when I have conversations with family members and we still remember which of the like tias or tios that you couldn't get away with shit and, and which <laughs> ones will like, oh, that one had a heavy hand or like, you mm-hmm, think you mm-hmm. know what discipline is. You weren't around when. Um, and and I don't know, it, it's also a bonding thing. Like 
we bond over getting beaten. That sounds really oh <laughs> terrible. But the reality is, is like, yeah, we, we have bonded over that. And has it, I don't know, I just haven't landed anywhere in, in, in a place where I have let go of what that kind of discipline is, does, does it help, doesn't help, or if it doesn't help. Um, Mm. and I'm, I'm, I'm still like, you know, when, when kids are crying in the Walmart or, or whatever, or they acting up, I'm still like, yeah, they just need one good knock. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) wave of the hand. Like in 20 years, it's not going to be as powerful for my kid to be like, dude, remember that time mom made me drink manzanilla and talk me through my emotions? Like that's about <laughs> that would be trauma bonding over that. No trauma bonding over manzanilla. <laughs> trauma bonding yeah. over uh, nalgada with the manguera. <laughs> that. Yep. Yep. Damn. But do we minimize? I mean, yes, we minimize. But how, like, what does that do to us that we minimize the kind of discipline that we went through and that we've now made an entire like subculture of hilarity. There are comedians Mm -hmm. who make their money off Mm -hmm. of this because we understand what it was that you went through. And now we're looking back and laughing at it. Mm -hmm. Is that laughter and are those memes and those videos just a healing part of that and a bonding part of that? For sure. For, for, I would say for well-adjusted people that escaped all that somehow with some coping skills. Um, and I think for other people, they're probably a little bit, still a little bit messed up. That's where some of the machismo comes from. That's Mm -hmm. where some of this like hard attitude and, and and I don't remember exactly what it was, but another post that I saw in Latinx parenting was like, um, something to the effect of all of that sounds like you just you were your kid's first bully mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like trying to prepare them for the real world you in turn just ended up being the, their first bully so let me ask another question since we are pochas since we are at this intersection of brown pride and assimilation do you lose part of your culture when you move away from that kind of parenting I I would hate to think that part of our culture is rooted in abuse mm. of one another. I would hate to think that the you know the whole cuz I and I actually wonder if that whole children should be seen and not heard is white culture that we took on. Hmm. I wonder if that, you know, if the baby wearing and um, having your kids with you all the time and like, what did that look like before colonization? What was, what, what did we get to be before that, before children should be seen and not heard? I don't know because I don't think that was ours. Hmm. Good call. Good point. Good point. (sighs) A lot of things to consider, I hope. Um, If not for uh, nothing else, go on to the Instagram page, Latinx Parenting, and read a couple of those things. 
if nothing else, it gives you a different different perspective. Um, and that's what it did to me is it slowed me down and mm-hmm. gave me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'll absolutely slow down super quick here just to remind folks that you are listening to the Bocha podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. This is episodio 24. Whew. Dang. Yeah, we went from vaccines to parenting, and now I don't even know how we are doing this, but we're moving to dogs. <laughs> Pet parenting. Pet parenting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, um. so get us down this get us down this little doggy rabbit hole. <laughs> so, if, if there are some silver linings that happened in the year of COVID, and one of those silver linings is the internet. Because sometimes in tragedy, the internet wins. People are hilarious and they just do really funny shit. And this, there's this lady, her name is Lorena Pages. She's from Venezuela or she's Venezuelan, has ancestry in Venezuela, right? And she made this video of her cat (laughs) and she's doing this voice and probably if, you know, you were paying attention to the internet in the last several months. You have seen the video about the lady talking about love it, couldn't wear it. So many outfits in quarantine couldn't wear because there was nowhere to go. Couldn't go anywhere. So she makes it of her cat and then people start taking the audio and redoing the video. And there's this little Italian greyhound named Tika who is hilarious and very fashionable and takes this and it blows up, goes viral, right? Um, Tika goes viral. And this dog is a, not the cutest dog, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Keep going. I mean, it needs the clothes to be cute. It wears very fashionable clothing. And I think it's for a reason. <laughs> it's not attractive without, without, you know, the clothes. And, it's just hysterical to me. So then it makes me think about just how we treat our pets and how people are so into their animals. And like growing up, my mom would not, she didn't want us to have a dog inside the house because she was just such a clean freak that that grossed her out. So it was a tiny miracle when we got a dog. Um, but I, have you seen Tika and do you love Tika? I'm, I'm going to go back. I have seen Tika. I love Tika. I am also a big, big, big dog lover. Love them. Love them. Except if they're biting me, in which case not so much, but <laughs> love them. Um, so I have seen Tika. I think that dog is adorable, even if they don't have clothes. <laughs> but the videos are really, really adorable. Really oh, adorable. Um, yeah. They bring. They brought me joy in the middle of calamity. <laughs> but going to your like Latinx people and how they how they pet parent. Um, <laughs> my father never wanted dogs in the house. They were always outside dogs, no matter how damn cold or how damn hot it got. Mm. It took like a miracle for us to be able to have the dogs in. Like when it got cold, we would put them in the basement. Um, and so I do not treat uh, like my dogs currently are like children um sometimes they get the chunkla in fact like you know damn but i do treat them like children they are all indoor dogs if i could get two king-size beds so that they can all sleep with us i would absolutely love it 
Um, oh my yeah, god! Not, <laughs> not so with my partner, the uh, executive producer of the show, would not have that at all. Fair, okay, um, but that is a generational difference of how I think people in a different generation saw their pets versus how we are treating and seeing our pets. Maybe it's with a little bit more humanity, whatever it may be. Um, but one cute thing that always warms my heart about pets, my grandpa on my mom's side, so my, my maternal grandfather, didn't speak a whole lot of English, um, but could get by on, on in conversation. But every single dog that he had, it didn't matter what type of dog it was. Its name was Snoopy. <laughs> and uh, so, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and so, every single dog, you'd be like, it's Snoopy. And I absolutely love it. Like, I need uh, to have a dog one day whose name is Snoopy. My grandpa would call every dog Pepper. <laughs> As a Pepper. You Ustedes un buen good dog? Oh my God, I could just hear his voice. Pepper, every dog, don't matter whose it was. Pepper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pepper and Snoopy. <laughs> exactly. There now needs to be a comic named Pepper and Snoopy. Also, do you know anybody who has a dog named Daisy? We have a dog named Daisy. Of course you do. <laughs> every Mexican has a dog named Daisy. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't me who named that dog. Every Mexican. Usually there's some kind of weird white curly haired who knows what with like the red eyes you know because they like la daisy every time (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) pepper wait so you have so your mom didn't allow pets inside okay so as kids yes and then we finally got this dog and it was a white curly haired dog but it was not named daisy it was named buttons and then (laughs) The dog could come inside, and it was a very cute dog. It couldn't come inside all the time, but, like, once in a while. And then I, my mom had this weird thing that she would not share her drinks with us as kids. She wouldn't, Like, we could not take a drink of whatever she was drinking. And my mom does not drink alcohol, so it's not because she was, like, slurping on the vodka, you know, during the day. She just had this thing about germs and didn't want to share her drink. And then... She gets this damn wiener dog (laughs) when I'm an adult. And I remember sitting in the car with her one day and she gets a Starbucks Frappuccino, takes off the lid and lets the fucking dog lick the whipped cream out of the lid (laughs) and puts it back on the cup. Catching house that we couldn't even take a drink as kids, but the freaking dog's licking the lid. I don't understand. I mean, (laughs) you know... Maybe uh, the dog was cleaner. <laughs> well, and then people say that well, dogs have cleaner mouths than no, humans. That's weird. He was just licking his ass. <laughs> so <laughs> I I wasn't. I mean. <laughs> okay. So how do you treat your dog in comparison to how, maybe not the wiener dog e- example, but. Yeah. He was special. Um, our... So we have a Belgian Malinois that we inherited from my cousin. And so he's a medium-sized dog, right? He's not super giant, but he's, he's medium-sized. He um, he gets to come inside uh, and inside-outside. He has a dog door. He sleeps inside in a crate. 
He does not drink out of my cup. Um, but we don't, I mean, I don't buy him like little sweaters and take him walking with the little plastic baggie and all that. I don't do that. He's just, he's, I mean, he's a dog. He's a spoiled dog, not bordering child. Like he doesn't have a stroller or none of that shit. I, you're looking at me like one of your dogs has a stroller. I don't have a stroller yet for my dog. Um, <laughs> Well, okay, so so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. I love dachshunds. I love wiener dogs. That was mm-hmm. that was like my one buddy growing up, and I have two wiener dogs at the house now, and um, they notoriously have bad backs. So mm-hmm. yes, I can see a point in time where I may or may not have a stroller for one or more of these. Wow. Doggles. And mm-hmm. this year, this in the past, like not, not twenty twenty one, but within the past like twelve months, I have dropped some some savings on this dog, this one dog, the older of the two, because she's just she's thirteen and she's got some health issues, and um, I you know, growing up when we had had pets, it was like, okay, well, that one's getting old. It's time for you know, maybe to put it down or what have you. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can make that decision. Mm -hmm. I'm at that point with, with them. So I definitely treat our dogs differently than having grown up with pets and what we treated them like. Now I can't say that it's like that for all Latinx people in the borderland area, but, um, in our city, there's um, a law that, yes, you can have your dog on a chain outside, but mm. it can't be for more than a certain amount of hours at a time. And you have mm-hmm. to have water with the dog. And that got me thinking about our area and who, I don't want to say who treats their dog differently, but um, where you can see pockets of people who leave the dogs outside versus the one mm-hmm. the, the pockets that don't leave their dogs outside, right? And in, in my particular neighborhood, there is a lot of that where there's dogs that are left outside. Um, and it gets incredibly hot in Cruces. Not Yuma, Arizona hot, mind you. Mm-hmm. Damn, that one's hot. But it does get triple degree weather, you know, in, in its yeah. hottest days, like in August. And um, so that did get me on that road of like, culturalistically, the borderlands areas were not L.A. where we put them in our pocket and take them with us everywhere necessarily. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we have to have very mindful laws about the way that pets are treated because sometimes they are just seen as an outdoor commodity that have a purpose, which is to alert us if someone's there. Right. They're not exactly. family. They have a job. They're yeah. Not family. And they earn their keep by barking mm-hmm. or what have you. Exactly. This is this is a, the very clear difference in in what you know what humans and animals where they are in that in that realm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, you're right. There are people who definitely see it as a guard. It's a guard dog. Mm-hmm. He has a job. Um, I'm not going to treat it like a pet. I also, my cousin, um, interestingly enough, the one who I inherited our dog from, that's a whole other story, but he has <laughs> a service animal. Um, he's a veteran and has a service dog. And when he first got him when he was, 
you know, super freshly trained and whatever, one of the things that that dog would do is check the house when they got home. So they would open the door and he would go in and like check the perimeters of the house and then come back out to say, you know, no one's in there. Mm -hmm. And that just helped with PTSD and um, was super beneficial. And he was really his buddy. Like that dog was and loved the kids and just is an amazing, amazing animal. So there's... But that dog was always inside, got treated, you know, always had treats, always. But he, he had a job, too. But it was very different than, like, the guard dog on the chain outside, you know, gets thrown a, a bone every now and again or whatever. So dogs with jobs. Mm-hmm. Interesting to think about that. Mm. Well, it certainly is no Tika, but I'm going to continue expecting you to send me my weekly Tika video. So that I, I can I can laugh at the new clothing line that the dog has. <laughs> yes, poor Tika has to wear all those clothes. <laughs> Before we close out our episodio today, um, we, and by we, kind of I mean more you because you penned it, but will be featured in Ofrenda magazine. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, so... Um, and you can say we, we wrote a, we wrote an article. You were very helpful in the writing of the article, um, for Ofrenda magazine. So right now it's only online and you can find it at www.ofrendamagazine.com. Um, it's fairly new. They have various Latinx issues around spirituality, healing, um, earth wisdom was one of the things that I had seen in the, in the magazine, earth wisdom. and they were accepting submissions about the in-between different times where we feel in between. And it was, I, I mean, it obviously spoke to me because bocha, that's what we talk about all the right. time. We're in between the aquí, the allá, all of that. And so I was like, yeah, I think, uh, this is the perfect thing and all they can do is reject us. And then I bugged you and bugged you and bugged you to edit it. And you did. And you were very kind and added some things. And then they accepted our submission. Woohoo! We're so published. So we're going to be in Ofrenda Magazine. We're going to be published. And we'll make sure and let you all know when that comes out. And we'll share it on our social so that you can check it out. But I'm very excited about it because I think this um, particular magazine, and I love that it's called Ofrenda. And if you read the the editor's reason why she started it she very much says she had all this spiritual growth and all of this kind of coming back to her roots and this conocimiento this knowing about who she was and she felt like she needed to share that and so this is her ofrenda to people um calling in all of that pre-colonized knowledge and healing and medicine that we are every day it's, it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful intention. I, I hope um, they did say they were going to begin print publishing, which I love me a good print magazine. Mm-hmm. I love the internet, but I just love the paper magazine. I, that's a thing for me. So um, so stay tuned. I hope to see more of La Ofrenda, our Ofrenda magazine, and I especially am excited to see our, our submission be published. 
And also if folks want to just go over and take a look at it, check it out, see what you um, like and can pull from there to, to enhance your own life, ofrendamagazine.com. So we're putting the yes. word out there for them. And likewise, they're going to spotlight us in one of their uh, magazines. We're excited. Very excited. So you also mentioned socials. Where can people find us? You can find us on mostly Instagrams, also Facebook, and the also on Twitter. When um, Kat remembers to either <laughs> remind me or does it herself. Um, and also today I did create... Um, a mm-hmm. YouTube channel. So hear, hear me out on this. <laughs> oh. There was a request that sometimes if we could record ourselves, um, not just audio, but also visual so that they, so that our listeners can also get a cup of coffee and, and see the, the new, uh, works that Charlene does with, um, with arts and crafts. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we did create, um, a YouTube channel. And I mean, obviously don't expect anything from us anytime soon on that because we're not even in the same city at the same time right now, but Mm -hmm. coming to the YouTube uh, channel near you will be on (gasps) and dropping some stuff there. Crazy. I'm excited. Doing all the things, Kat. Yes. This is going to take off. I promise. This is going to take off. Woo. Which we don't know where we're going. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere. But that somewhere will be uh, in your feed the 15th for new episodios. And at the end of the month, typically the 30th, we have our Weedy Weedies. So you can hit us up twice a month and love on all of our content. And go back and, and binge listen uh, for St. Patrick's Day or otherwise. Because, you Do know, it. why not? Do it. <laughs> this is the Pocha Podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. <laughs> and we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>